0: Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. First of all, just family, uh, to, to watch again this young couple, making sure that they're doing things the right way already. Uh, Father, that's amazing, and, and I, I thank you for the example that they're setting for the rest of the young couples that are here. And again, Father, I pray over Scarlett, and I just ask, Father, again, that we, we help mold her into what it is that you have planned for her. Um, Father, again, just that family, I lift them up to you. I ask that you continue to encourage them, lead them. Uh, Father, that you shower them with your discernment. Uh, Father, and again, us as a church steps up, and it's not just for this family, Father. It's all the children in this church. Um, Our congregation needs to understand we are a huge part of of all these kids, and um, I want to praise you, Father, for the people that step up and are teaching our children each and every week. um, I need them to know and understand they don't go unnoticed. Father, today you've given me a message, and it's a sermon I've preached before. Um, It's not a fun one. Um, so I thank you for the preparation of this I thank you for giving me some boldness to preach it uh, some confidence to preach it Uh, but Father I, I, I still need your help I always do I don't mind saying that Father in this moment I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet that you take all distractions away from me Father everything that is trying to interrupt this sermon. Father, I ask that you strip it away from me and you replace it today, Father, with your boldness, your wisdom, your love, Father. And Father, please let everyone in this room know that I'm being obedient to you by delivering this message today. And I just need everyone that does grasp this message to know that I love them, but most importantly, Father, you love them ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. <clears throat> a few years back uh, at the jewelry store, we have some visitors here today. If you did, I, 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 I have a jewelry store, so, so I'm working at the jewelry store, and this family comes in, and uh, it's, it's a granddaughter, a grandmother, and a few other people in the family, But uh, the grandmother was getting some of her jewelry repaired because she was going to pass it on to her one and only granddaughter. One of the pieces was her wedding ring. She took her wedding ring off, and I was inspecting it, checking the prongs and so forth. And the granddaughter walked over and saw this ring, and she said, you know, Grandma, she's like, that's a big gaudy ring. Like, I'll never wear this ring. Why in the world did y'all wear such big jewelry back then? And I'll never forget what that grandmother said. She said, because marriage used to be a big deal. It used to be. Those two words haunted me. And from that day on, God had put on my heart to preach a sermon that I'm going to preach today. In the United States in 2022, there were two and a half million marriages in the United States alone. Statistics show that 50% of those marriages will end in divorce. Out of the 195 countries in this world, the United States has the third highest divorce rate, percentage per people population. I want that to sink in, guys. We are third out of 195. It's obvious to me that our country is not taking God's covenant of marriage seriously. It's obvious to me. I have no doubt that one of the main reasons why is our country, that this divorce rate is so bad in our country, is because God is not in the center of most of these relationships. The United States also has made it very easy to get a divorce. They have this thing called a no-fault divorce. I got news for you, somebody's fault. (laughs) Somebody's messed up. Yeah, that's right. Somebody's messed up. A lot of churches do not preach on divorce. Uh, A lot of churches preach around it. Um, I refuse to do that. Um, Every walk of life, God has taught us in his word how to handle it. It's no different with divorce. We're going to learn on this today. Today's title is Biblical Divorce. I preached this sermon, I said two and a half years ago, I preached this sermon. And a big reason why I did, again, was... This lady coming to me and giving me those two words that really haunted me. And it gave me the inspiration to study on this. And I spent, I mean, Don will remember this, my elder Don. uh, I mean, I spent months studying on this. Had him come in and and double-check me on a lot of things to make sure that we did have this biblically sound. I stand before you today with full confidence that it is biblically sound. For those of you that have a great marriage, uh, some of y'all are like, why do I want to hear this? Man, my marriage is good, you know? What am I going to get out of this? You can help others. That's the thing. Take this with you and teach others, because the problem is, is, well, I'll get into it. There's a lot of reasons why people want to get divorced nowadays, and we'll get into that, but again, whether you're married or not, this is knowledge and wisdom that you can soak in, you can use in your life, and then again, you can teach it to others, and that's what we're supposed to do as the church, Right? Aren't we supposed to get outside of these four walls and do a little teaching? Amen? The first thing you need to know and understand about divorce is what God thinks about divorce. Let's look at Malachi 2.16. I hate divorce, says the Lord. I mean, to me, I feel like we should just close the Bible and dismiss. I mean, that's all that I need to hear. I hate divorce, says the Lord. Amen? Amen? We're going to preach on it, though. Some people still hadn't quite grasped it. Some people, it, it doesn't mean anything to them to hear something like that. Notice the word hate. Hate is a strong word, especially when it comes from God. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, for a lot of y'all may know this, but it tells us seven things that God hates. I want to go look at this list of what God hates in Proverbs chapter 6. He hates pride. He hates lying, he hates murder, he hates plotting evil, eagerness to do wrong, a false witness, sowing discord between brothers, and then in Malachi, you can add an eighth one to it, divorce. Do y'all notice that divorce is on the same list of what God hates as murder and a false witness? I mean, when I look at that list, that's the two that jump out at me that just, you know, make me cringe, right? That whole list should make us cringe, and God has put divorce in with this exact list. He puts divorce right up there with murder, guys. That's how serious he takes the marriage covenant, and a lot of us hadn't grasped that. The word divorce means to separate, dissolve, disconnect, disjoin, disunite, or sever. But you can really use just one word to describe divorce, and that is to divide. And the reason why I say that is because Satan's number one job is he's a divider. That's what he wants to do. He wants to divide you from your home. He wants to divide you from your spouse, your children, your church, your friends, your peers. That's his, that's his goal. That's his job. When you face divorce, and it's not for the biblical reasons that you can get a divorce, you have been divided from God's covenant. Now that we know what God thinks about divorce, we can move on and understand what truly calls for a biblical divorce. But to understand a biblical divorce, we need to understand a biblical marriage. You see, a lot of people do not even understand what a marriage truly is. So how do they expect to understand what a divorce truly is? You know, a marriage covenant, well, first of all, let's talk about a covenant, okay? A covenant is a contract. The marriage covenant is a, religi- is a legal relationship established by God and not man. I need you to grasp that. I want you to think about this. When things are great, you're all in love with somebody. You know, you're all in love, man. Everything's going good. You know, it's like them, you know, that first, you know, like the honeymoon year, you know, or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Everything's going great. You, you, want, you want to go to a church, and, and you want a pastor to marry you. you. want God to be involved and marry you. But, but when you get a divorce, you, don't, you go to a judge. You don't go to God. You go to a judge. It's what a lot of people do when they go through the process of a divorce. God's not even brought up. God's not even thought of. I want you to see what he says about that in Mark 10, 9. This is this Jesus speaking, therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. No man, no judge should separate something that God has united together in a covenant. Only God himself can release you from his covenant. His covenant functions by his authority and his authority alone. So what happens if you illegally break one of God's covenants? We're going to go take a look at that and see what Adam and Eve, what happened to them in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. You must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God's covenants are only exited by the penalty of death. Once you exit God's covenant illegally, you are covenantedly dead try to say that covenant covenantally dead y'all give me a little bit of encouragement here that was a hard word okay don't ask me to, don't ask me to spell it by the way guys it's not a physical death it's a spiritual death you're not just going to somebody be like well I got a divorce I'm not dead I'm sitting here listening to you right now goofball yeah that's true but it spiritually kills you inside when you break a covenant with God A piece of you dies, regardless of what that covenant is. Now, here's the great thing. Thank goodness he sent his son to die on the cross, to die for every sin yesterday, today, and forever, to where we don't have to live under those certain laws and the things that the Old Testament heroes had to live by. However, if you have illegally broken a covenant, and you hadn't fixed that problem, you're spiritually dying. You're spiritually dying. Christian warriors, when you get a divorce illegally, you are not divorcing a spouse. You are also divorcing God's covenant. Now, before I move on, I want to stress again how God feels about divorce. He hates it, okay? We saw that just a few seconds ago. It should always be a last resort when it comes to the marriage covenant, I want you to understand this church does not encourage divorce. If God hates it, we hate it. I need you all to understand that. However, there are four legal reasons you can get a divorce. There are four ways God will allow you out of his marriage covenant. Four and four alone. If it's not one of these four, you can't do it understood four we're going to go over those number one is very simple one It's death you can get out of the marriage covenant if your spouse dies <laughs> y'all laughing I know what you're thinking <laughs> thinking so I can just kill my spouse I can get out of the marriage covenant remember murder was on that list of things he hates okay let's not go there, whole different sermon, Mm -mm -mm, some of y'all, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 15, but if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, oh no that's the wrong one guys, I'm sorry guys, I apologize, I'm so sorry, Romans 7 2, sorry brother, he's like dude you gave me 19 slides, like don't mess me up, When a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. Okay, like I said, this one's easy, right? Like, this is pretty simple. Like, we can kind of figure this one out. You know, I know it's saying, you know, she, you know, this goes to men also. This is spouses we're talking about here, guys. I mean, you know, put that together. But notice it says, but only if she loves the Lord. Okay, so, you know, here's the thing. When it says... The law of marriage, a longer, happy life as he lives, but as he dies, as long as he lives. Husband. The law binds her husband as long as he is alive. I want to look at 1 Corinthians seven thirty-nine. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. Okay, so I wanted to point this out. The word tells us to, that, that believers should marry believers, Okay we've talked about biblical marriage before we had a sermon on warrior marriage and that was one of the things we talked about now in saying that i have seen where a believer has married an unbeliever and it's worked the believer helped the unbeliever get to christ but i want to point this out those percentages are not good Um, I know we're talking about divorce today, we're not talking about marriage, but this verse, when I read it, I just wanted to remind everybody, this world is hard enough as it is. So for our young people that are sitting in here, make dang sure you're marrying another believer. Because it's hard. It's so hard. And today it's a lot harder than it was when I got married, you know, 18 years ago. It's a whole lot different. So make sure you young people are concentrating on finding a believer before anything else. Don't worry about how good looking they are. Don't worry about what car they drive. Do they go to church? Are they praying? You know, are they in their Bible? You know, that's the things that you want to look for. Make dang sure they're a believer. It's very important that you do that. It will save you a lot of heartache, I promise. Let's go look at number two. The number two reason that God will allow you out of the marriage covenant is abandonment. Abandonment. Let's go look at 1 Corinthians 7.15 now. Thank you, brother. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. I need you to understand something, guys. If your spouse... I'm gonna go off script here. If your spouse comes to you and illegally wants to get a divorce, you don't you don't you don't file for a divorce. You let that spouse file for a divorce. If it's illegal, do not cross the covenant of God. You let that sit on the spouse. Don't let that lie with you. You need to have peace. So I truly mean that. You don't get the papers served. You let them serve the papers. Once they serve the papers, okay, they've abandoned you. It's over. It's time to exit the marriage covenant. But until that point, you don't go serve papers. You make them serve papers. If there is no legal reason for y'all to exit that marriage covenant, do not serve the papers. Understood? you will teach this to people, I'm telling you. Because the thing is, this is it's very important At this point, point, your spouse is lost, but keeping your end of the covenant is most important at this time. In other words, your spouse may not be right with God, but you will stay right with God. If your spouse decides to leave, if your spouse decides to abandon you for something that they think is better, you make sure they file for the divorce again, not you. You make them serve those papers Because again, this will keep you in peace with God. You will live in peace with God and you will stay in God's favor. And God's covenant is serious, guys. And there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. You don't want to cross one of these covenants. You make sure that it doesn't fall on you. You let the spouse abandon you. Understood? Number three. The number three reason that you can exit the marriage covenant with God is... Sexual immorality, adultery, cheating. Let's look at Matthew 19, 9. And I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Over 50% of divorces are caused by proven affairs. Now, I want you to notice I said proven I'm sure there's a lot that haven't been proven and that those divorces still went through. But 50% of divorces, guys, half of the divorces that are filed are from proven affairs. These people think they can get away with it. They think they can trick you. They think they can keep it hidden. But guys, I assure you, they can hide it from you, but they can't hide it from God. I promise you that. Let's go look at Proverbs 15.3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Keeping keeping watch on all the wicked and the good. Everywhere. You also need to understand that all sin is exposed, guys. Let's look at Luke 12.2-3. This is Jesus speaking. There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered. Nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered in the ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. God will always uncover evil, Christian warriors. That's a promise. This is in red. He's telling us that. You don't have to play detective, guys. Y'all let him do his job. again proven affairs have caused 50% of the divorces in our country again i realize this world makes it hard i get that but you know the thing is is are you willing to give up your family your spouse your friends Because I promise you, if if you do that, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Are you willing to give all that up for a little bit of pleasure? You're willing to give up a lifetime of happiness and love for just a moment? 50%, guys, of all divorces, 50%, again, this is proven affairs. I'm willing to say 75%. I'm willing to say that. This is a big problem we have in our country. Again, third in divorces out of 195 countries. And I think a big reason why is because our country makes it easy to do these things. If this is you, if you've committed adultery, if you've hidden it from your spouse, you may be asking yourself, well, Michael, what do I do next? The first thing you've got to do is quit running from your sin. It's the first thing you got to do, you face it like a Christian. Guys, never face sin with fear. Always face sin with faith. If this is you, and it, you know you're saying, well, you know if I do this, my whole world may fall apart. If if I go and I admit to my wrong, my whole world may fall apart. I get it. Yeah, and you're right. It may. But the thing is, is if you walk through those doors to reveal your sin with faith instead of fear, and God's right there next to you, you've got a lot better chance. Don't hide things, guys. If you're hiding a sin, that will do nothing but bring you down. It will kill you spiritually. It will kill you spiritually. Don't let that hover around you. Release it. And let God do the rest. If this is you, the second thing that you need to do. First is don't hide from your sin. Number two, come to the church. Come let us help you. We want to help. The number, way, the number one way that God builds his kingdom is through marriage. Through the family. Why would we want that to fall apart? I need everybody in this room to understand if, if you're having problems in your marriage, I'll fight with you. <clears throat> a divorce is a hard hit on the church, it's a hard hit on your pastor. I take that serious, I take it personal. I wanna do everything in my power to help y'all get through that because I know the destruction that it causes. So guys, I'm asking you, if you're struggling, you gotta come to me. I can't help you if I don't know. And some of y'all are good poker players. It's hard to tell. If you need help, come to the leadership of the church. And Let us help you. Don't let it get to the point where it's hurting God's kingdom. Do y'all understand me? Yes, One other thing, I won't condone you. I won't condone you. If you've made a mistake, we all make mistakes. Let's work through it together. Let's fight together. Number four, the number four reason, and this is the last reason that you can exit God's covenant of marriage, this is the fourth and final reason, and it is abuse. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 5.11. You are not to keep company with anyone who claims to be a brother Christian, but indulges in sexual sins, or is greedy, or is a swindler, or worships idols, or is a drunkard, or abusive. You are not to associate with somebody that abuses. This consists of physical, emotional, verbal, and mental abuse. However, you ladies, y'all be very careful with the verbal abuse. Just because your husband said he didn't like what you cook. <laughs> doesn't mean you can divorce him. I had to add a little humor, man. I'm up here crying. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to get past that. No one should ever have to stay in a marriage when they are being constantly abused. If you're being abused over and over again, get out. There's a problem. Get help first. Get help first. We're fixing to get to that. Come to the church and get help. No one should ever be abused in any way. Especially in the marriage covenant of God. Men, y'all have heard me say it a thousand times. Your job is to love your wife like Christ loves the church. Jesus Christ is not going to come and abuse you. Not going to hurt you. He's not going to bring you down mentally. He's not going to physically attack you. Women, this goes for you too. I realize that the percentages of abuse are probably more in the men's area. I didn't study on it, but just from the counseling that I've done, the the percentages are a lot higher on that side. However, ladies, y'all are smarter than us. So that whole mental abuse thing, (laughs) I don't care, ladies, men, husbands, wives. We are to love our spouse like Christ loves the church. There's no abuse there. This is his church. He loves everybody in this room. We are to love our spouse that way. And I want you to think about this. I've said it before, but how much did Christ love the church? To death. That's how we're supposed to love our spouse. And our children, by the way. That family marriage covenant. You love your family, you love your wife, you love your husband as Christ loves the church. And there's no other way to do that. The minute you abuse, guys, if abuse is being done, there are boundaries in a marriage covenant. You just stepped out of those boundaries. You've stepped out of it. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of change to get back in. Let's look at these four reasons again. You pull that up for me, brother. So here's your four legal reasons. We're going to review this. Death, abandonment, sexual immorality, adultery, and abuse. That's the only four. That's the only four that I can find biblically that I've studied on that can allow you to legally leave the marriage covenant of God. Notice, I want y'all to notice this. Did y'all notice that your happiness is not on this list? You know, I I tell you, I have people come to me for counseling, and I'm just not happy. It takes me a second. I got to breathe. And then I look at him, I say, "But, but you were. What happened? You'd be blown away by some of the answers I get. Your happiness. I need you to understand something. God's covenant is about one thing and one thing only. And that's to build his kingdom through you. He's allowing you to do that. Your happiness, it's not on the list. If you're unhappy, you need to think, I used to be happy, what changed? What happened? And I promise you, every single time I've counseled a couple that told me, I'm just not happy, and I say, well, what happened? Well, the first of they start just mouthing all kinds of stuff, and then I say, no, I really need you to sit down, and I need you to think, I need you to hit rewind, I need you to look at, at your marriage life here, and I need you to go all the way back to the day you got married. Why were you happy there, and why are you unhappy now? And and, and they'll find something along the way, like oh, this is where we messed up. Guys, your happiness will happen, by the way, if you leave God in the center of that marriage covenant. That happiness will be there. I promise you that. And another thing, too, man. Let me tell y'all something. Don't don't come to me with counseling and and, and tell me that that your wife is crazy. I don't want to hear that because I'm gonna tell you right now, she didn't just turn crazy. She's been crazy. Y'all married her when she's crazy. Same thing with you ladies married men. I'm just telling you, don't come to me and tell me that she's crazy because the thing is, you're crazy, you married her. That's the whole thing. If she's crazy, you're crazy. So I don't want to hear she's crazy or I don't want to hear I'm unhappy. I don't want to hear either one of those. It's not going to work for me. It's just not going to work for me. It's got to be one of these four things. It's got to be one of these four things. Crazy spouses. Now, I want to discuss this, guys. This is the steps to a biblical divorce. So here's the thing. So, so okay, there, you are allowed out of the marriage covenant if it's one of these four things, right? You're allowed out, but here's the thing. There's a way of doing this. Now, understand, I need all y'all to grasp this. There is no biblical outline guideline of how to handle a divorce. It's not in there. You ain't going to find it. Trust me. I studied for months and months and months and months. It's not in there. So, so what I'm about to tell you was from a lot of prayer— uh, talking to different mentors, listening to probably 30 sermons on divorce, gathering information myself, and then sitting down and praying and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, you show me how this needs to be done. Okay? So, so this, is, this, this is what I got out of this. The first thing that you have to do, if one of these things are done, if one of these things happen, the first thing you have to do is forgive your spouse. Everybody messes up, guys. And I know you heard the saying, it ain't biblical, but everybody, in my opinion, does deserve a second chance, especially in the marriage covenant, because you don't want to break that. Now, in saying that, one exception, abuse. If they try to kill you, you run. Understood? There's a major problem there. But, But everything else, please understand, guys, I'm telling you, God tells us to forgive others for their sins. Therefore, he'll forgive us for our sins. We are to forgive people. We're to love people like he loves people. We're to see them like he sees them. And here's what you need to understand. If one of these things happen one time, you need to understand this world is hard and the prince of darkness is alive here and he is rampant and he can get a hold of your spouse and he can change some things. Forgive the first time. The first time. That happens twice. That's when we go to step two. Step two is a constructive separation. Let me explain that. You continue to have issues. You tell your spouse, hey, listen, I got to get away from you. I need to live somewhere else. Or you need to live somewhere. Yeah, you need to live somewhere else. You're the one screwing up. We need to have a separation. And that could be however long y'all plan it to be. But my suggestion is, is at least a month, right? At least a month. Now here's what that could do. The spouse that continues to mess up, what that maybe do and hopefully do is they realize how much they love you. They realize how bad they messed up. That also gives God a month without you uh, gripping at them. It gives God a month to get on them. You feel me? You're putting the, you're putting the power in his hands that way. And that needs to be your prayer if you have that separation. God, I don't want to get a divorce. God, I don't want to exit this marriage covenant with you. We stood in front of you. We gave our oath to you. We want to, I want this to work. But God, I need your help now. I need you to do something here. And allow God to work on that for a month's time or more. Okay? During that time, you get counseling. And I highly recommend from the church. Highly recommend from the church. Because here's the thing. Because I've counseled people, and they'll come in, and they've been counseled somewhere else, and they'll tell me what they said, and it blows my mind. There's no biblical structure there. You know, all they talk about is happiness. That's what they talk about. You should just be happy. You should just be happy. Well, that's easy. That's the easy thing to do. Right? I want y'all to think about this. Breaking that covenant, right? Okay? Breaking the covenant with God. You know, God has a covenant with us and it's called the grace covenant, okay? He sends his son here to die on the cross for all of our sins so we don't have to go through all the mess that the Old Testament heroes had to go through, right? Okay, so, so here's what I need you to understand. If, 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 we, if we get out of the covenant real easy, like if we're just one time we're done, we're out of there, God's not going to do that to us with our covenant. What if he did? Y'all, he'd be out right now. We sin constantly every day. We mess up every day. He didn't kick us out of the covenant. We need to try all we can to stay inside of that covenant. Understood? So you get counseling from the church. Highly recommend you come to the church. If not the church, a Christian counselor. Just make dang sure you're getting biblical background on this. Third step. Let's say you go through the separation and you still got major problems. Let's say that abuse continues. Let's say the adultery continues. Let's say the abandonment, they don't come back. It's time for a divorce. And I need you to understand you have every biblical right to do it. But I'm begging you to have peace before you do it because if you don't have peace i need you to understand real peace only comes from god if you don't have peace about something he's probably not there make dang sure that you have peace about walking away from that marriage covenant but if these things continue you have every right to walk away I do ask that you don't take this to a judge for a legal document. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us that the righteous, excuse me, says to go to the righteous and not the unrighteous. My suggestion to the church is before you get that divorce, you come to the church and you let myself, the elders, the pastors, sit down with you and make dang sure you're doing this legally correct by the biblical standards. Not by law, by the biblical law. Because I need y'all to understand something. If you're going to go through with that, I need to make sure y'all understand how serious it is. I need to make sure that you understand that there's only four ways to get out. And I also want to make dang sure that you have peace when you do exit it. I'll even draw up documents for you. I'll even do that. If it comes to the point where we see that it is biblically sound that you can walk away from that marriage covenant, I'll draw up some documents for you. I'll do that. If it make you feel better, I don't care. Because the thing is, guys, I do need you to understand. No one should be in a marriage where these things are constantly happening. Nobody. It is outside of those boundaries. Just make sure you got peace before you do it. I'm going to close with this, guys. I want to talk about who the divorce actually affects. It affects you. It affects your spouse. It affects your friends. Because I'm telling you, if you get a divorce, all your friends, they're going to pick one side or the other. You're going to lose some friends. It affects your church. Like I said earlier, it affects your pastor. I take that so personal. It's such a hit on the church when divorce happens. But most importantly, it gets your children. If you got kids, that's who it's going to affect more than anybody and no kid deserves that and you make dang sure that kid knows it's not their fault and I beg you here get them to the church and let us counsel them let us love on them let us make sure they understand why these things are happening don't take them to some counselor bring them to the church Because I promise you, you bring them to the church, they're going to get loved on. They're going to understand that God's love is so much more powerful than any relationship. And they're going to learn that they can always lean on him. To not put all their trust in man. To put their trust in God. We'll teach them that. Don't let your kids hurt from your mistakes. Or your spouse's mistakes. The main thing I need you to take away from today's sermon is this. Divorce should always be the last resort, guys. Again, you should do everything in your power to keep your marriage covenant with God intact. I need you to understand, even if you have a great Christian marriage, guys, you still need to be on guard. You know, I said earlier that the divorce rate in the United States is over 50%. You know what it is in the church in the United States? Forty-five. We're not doing much better. And I think a big reason why is because churches are not talking about the seriousness of the marriage covenant. And that's why we're talking about it today. They're not talking about marriage enough. And that's something that needs to be talked about, in my opinion, constantly. Because, again, it's the main way he builds his kingdom. If you're a married couple, you're setting the example for everybody that's watching you. You're setting that example for everybody. Guys, if your marriage is struggling, i tell you Again. Please come to us. Nobody will know. I promise you. I took an oath to him that I would keep my mouth shut. And our elders will do the same. Our pastors will do the same. Cheryl will do the same. I promise you guys. If you need help, come to us. Don't be embarrassed. Listen, there's a lot of us, I promise you, that have been through a lot of struggles. We get it. Come to us and let us help you before it's too late. Understood?